The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you are a small business owner or entrepreneur, a coach is important to keep you on trend, relevant, and competitive. Welcome to ESCN, an iCoach 360 production. Your host is Michael Dawson, along with co-hosts Angelia Hobson and Diane Daniels. If you're looking to launch or grow your business, listen to what our guests have to say about winning in the game of business and important industry topics. Now, here's your host, Michael Dawson. Good morning. Welcome to ESCN. We are in studio today with my co-host, Diane Daniels, Rodney Davis, and we have a special guest today, Ayana Daniels, another sports enthusiast. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. morning. Uh, We got Jason Davis this morning. Jason, thanks for for joining us. We we really appreciate you taking the time to come out and spend some time with us this morning. Uh, No problem. Thank you for having me. Uh, man, let's let's jump right into the meat of the matter, man. You you've got a an extensive background and as being a student athlete, you you grew up in the St. Louis, Missouri area, played football, uh, multiple sports actually, uh, in high school. Went on to play football at uh, U of I uh, as a fullback. Uh, became an undrafted free agent uh, in the NFL. Played four years there. Uh, tell us, you know. Again, there's just so much uh, accomplished down throughout the years. Tell us, how did you get started, and how did you know you had a passion and love to play football? Well, it's really my uh, my older brother, uh, three years older than me. He he played at the Boys and Girls Club in our neighborhood, right around the corner. And at that age, I was so impressionable, like impressionable that you know anything that he did, I wanted to do too. So uh, mm-hmm. I got into it, and, and when I got into it, it was just like natural. Uh, obviously, there were some fears of bigger kids on the team and everything like that, but it just felt like this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what uh, makes me happy. This is all I think about. And I just uh, I pursued it from there. I didn't come from um, an athletic background. My mother wasn't an athlete. My father wasn't an athlete. Uh, regardless of what my older brother would say, he wasn't a damn athlete. Either. <laughs> it's just it's just something that 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 was inside of me that, through, you know, I, I, I cultivated and stuck with it. You know, it's funny you say, you know, being the little brother and and trying to always impress big brother and trying to live up to big brother standards. Uh, I'm sure it pushed you a little harder uh, to perform and, and, of course, made you into who you are and, and, and who you had become on the on the field. What At what age was that when you started getting that love and passion? How old were you at that particular time? Oh, I mean, my first year when I was, when I was eight, I was eight years well, old. Uh, <laughs> When I got out there, I always, you know, pretended in the house to play play sports, and that was that was uh, it, it got even worse. Obviously, with my big brother, him being three years older than me, played. But you know, when I first got out there, and you make those new friends, and and, and uh, it's just it just felt like the right thing. And, and what I what I know now that I didn't know then that everything that I was doing was instilling the morals and values in me. Everything that I learned out there from little league to high school to college at NFL is shaped who I am now. So. It, it kind of, you know, obviously it saved my life being in the neighborhoods that we, a lot of us grow up in. 
because it gave me, it, it, I had no idle time. It was always this. If it wasn't football, it was basketball or baseball or boxing. It was always something. Uh, so I knew at a very young age this was going to be my ticket to pretty much accomplish anything I want. You know, it's interesting you say that. In, in being a, a multiple sport athlete in high school, uh, what made you decide football versus track versus baseball versus basketball? Uh, how did that become the sport for you? Well, my mother, my mother had a lot to do with that. And, you know, my father's six four. My mother is whatever she is. So I didn't get the basketball <laughs> height. I didn't get the basketball height. Then, then, then come through. Uh, baseball, you know, it's in the inner city. It's just something we don't focus on. You know, and, and when I got twelve or thirteen, I never played again. Love the sport. I mean, it's it's my favorite sport. Uh, I just, you know, I didn't I didn't have the I didn't have the facilities and the, and the accessibility to baseball uh, in the, in the neighborhood that I grew up in. Unfortunately, and I probably you know I probably couldn't hit the curveball. Track, you know, track is not one of those. I love watching track. I I am uh, fascinated with with the women of track, and I love watching them run and compete and their physiques and all that. But it ain't for me. It's like. If someone's better than you in football, you could get physical with them. You, you could do something. Right. Baseball, you if if somebody faster than you, ain't nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty tough. You're gonna get embarrassed. You're gonna get embarrassed in front of all your friends. So now, actually, uh, I, we won state my senior, my junior year in high school, and I didn't run no more. I figured that's the that's the best it's gonna be. I ain't going to the Olympics. So football, I, can I got big thighs. You know, I got those from my mom. I got I got big hind parts. I got that from my mom. So football was just. You know, football was just what it was. No, that's, uh, you know, in making that transition, you know, from, from high school to college, you know, how did you know, when did U of I, uh, University of Illinois, come to you? Uh, and how was that recruiting process for you? And what made you choose University of Illinois versus any other school out there? I knew that, you know, one of the goals that I, I've always, always, I've always written down my goals. and I've always been a dreamer. I've always. And, and I know I wanted to play D1 football. I didn't care where. I knew if I, you know, I had I had goals for myself, and I knew uh, at that point. Obviously, it's changed now with the internet and technology making the world so small. You don't have to go D one. I didn't know that then. Right. If I went if I went Division one to play football, I have a better. I'll go to the NFL. That's what I believed in. So I knew I wanted to go there. Um, the three schools that they were looking at me were um, uh, Illinois, Northern Illinois, and Southern Illinois, and um, I actually went on a visit to Northern. Because uh, Illinois, Illinois was dragging their feet, and uh, I didn't commit. I didn't bring my parents. Cause I knew if I had my parents there, I couldn't use the excuse. I got to go home and ask my parents to not commit. So, uh, you know, follow that up. Long story short, that Northern Illinois is in my living room, and I'm about to commit. They talk to my parents. All my father here is free college. So he, he's in it, you know. <laughs> and um, Illinois calls, uh, and my mom gives me the phone, and they're like, "What you doing?" You know, the recruit coordinator. I said, "I'm about to commit to Northern." He said, "No, don't do that. Come up next weekend." <laughs> I said, listen, man, I'm not going to leave no money on the table if I can't go to school there. And he said, he, said, he couldn't tell me that I could go to school there, but he told me if, if I come up, I would not be disappointed. So, uh, and, and I went with Illinois. Wow. So left Northern just hanging on the table, huh? Yeah, let me tell you something, man. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect to the husband. They, at that point, I'm talking 2002. I mean, we were. Uh, yeah, a little different program. Big Ten. You know, they were yep. going to the Sugar Bowl. Yep. I thought it was going to always be like this. You know, I didn't no, know that in four years I was going to win 12 games. Northern, what about in that span, about 48, 50 games? 
But you know what? We make these decisions and we live with it. You had a great uh, college career and, and you were able to move on. What was it like for you, you know, that first few days in the, in the college level, uh, not only from a, a, a student standpoint, but just athletically being able to fit in and athletically, physically with the Big Ten and football uh, coming out of high school? What was that like? It was a little difficult. I got in a I got in a little trouble in high school where I actually uh, I actually was kicked out of high school. Uh, so with that being said, I, I got kicked out at the wrong time. I got kicked out right after I mastered home economics. So I was at home for months, months and months, just cooking every cooking. You know everything they teach you at home ec, potatoes, quiche, just just the easy stuff. So when I got to camp. Uh, I was about 254, 260 pounds. So, <laughs> so it was difficult. I, I remember calling. And then the snack, the first day, the snack, you know, this is 930. I go down to the lobby of the hotel. They say, everybody get a snack. Sign in. And the snacks was all the wings you could eat and whole pizzas. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, so I was in a little trouble. So I didn't think I could ever play at that level just because I wasn't in shape. But I worked hard after practice and, and got in shape. And, uh Pretty, pretty early there. Pretty like towards the end of camp, our first scrimmage. I realized it's all on me if I'm because I played wide receiver in high school, and obviously I was playing fullback in, in, in the Big Ten, so that's a big jump. So uh, I told myself, if, if you know, I, I'm going to lose the weight. That's a given because we just run it so much. But if I can learn how to be physical, I'll be all right. And by the end of the camp, I was learning how to be physical, and, and things were coming together. And I actually uh, played a little bit my freshman year. Okay, so you find, kind of found your way early on, and, and you worked hard through it, which. You know, of course, any student athlete uh, has to do at that next level from high school to college. What, what was it like academically uh, for you making that adjustment in, in the education piece? It wasn't uh, one of my, my biggest regrets uh, is being caught up in the program, being caught up in the system and having a one track mind. Now, having a one track mind is a positive thing because you set goals and you accomplish it. But when I the better I got in, in football, the worse I got as a student. Not in the sense I, I didn't I didn't fail anything. It's just that I didn't try as hard. Uh, first of all, you know when they recruit you, they tell you you can do whatever you want to. But when you get on campus and you realize football practice, it's only two or three majors you can do. So uh, what what I wanted to do going into school, I wasn't able to do. That took a little bit out of it. Uh, and they and, and you know, quiet as this camp, they're very adamant that you're not here to go to school. You're here to play football. <laughs> right. You know, right. so, and let's just be real about that. So that's my biggest regret. I went to a hell of a university, a very prestigious university, and I, and I kind of just skated through. So, you know, and that's one thing that I talk to the kids about. Uh, when you walk into my home, the first thing you see when you open the door is a, is a, is a little is a little painting that says it's a biggie. It's a biggie rap line. Either you sing and crack rock or you got a wicked jump shot. That's just, you know, and it's one thing I, I tell the kids like we got we have to. We can be talented. It's okay to be talented, but we have to have more dreams other than being being, being actors, entertainers, and athletes, because we get taken advantage of. You know what I'm saying? We really get no. taken advantage of. Yeah, absolutely. And then, even even with that, uh, Jason, just the percentages of those that that don't make it to college uh, in, in athletics, you know, less than two percent uh, get a chance to play sports. Uh, at the next level, regardless of the the the, the level, uh, Division One, Two, Three, and so when you're looking at less than two percent. Uh, yeah, that message has to be clear to these student athletes. You know, education is key. Get your academics. 
and, and, and that's a great that's a great thing that you're doing is in spreading that message to somebody like yourself that's been down the, down that road. You know, how, how was it for you? So you never had really had any academic real issues, even though you didn't fully take advantage of it. What was it like that first Big Ten game uh, coming out of the locker room uh, in front of thousands and thousands of fans? It was it was crazy. It was um, me. You know, our first game was the first my first game rather is when they started the border war versus Missouri back in St. Louis at the, at the Trans World Dome. Uh, so it was a homecoming for me. Uh, didn't get in the game. Uh, wasn't mad at that. Was not ready to play. Was scared to death. But just being able to <laughs> run out that tunnel in that uniform uh, and, and see people. I mean, all the guys I went to high school with came to the game and everything like that. It was just it was a surreal moment. My family was there. Uh, it was, you know, it was a, it was a great moment, and, and it was, it was, it was so surreal. Uh, but I didn't play that game. I didn't play until the third game of the season. But that first time running out that tunnel, it was like it was all, it was like a fruition of, of, of goals that I had made for myself coming coming to light, which was amazing back in my hometown. So it was it was really 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 an amazing feeling. So so you have your family there, friends are there, everybody's rooting you on. You didn't quite get in the game that particular game, but. You kept working hard. Now you worked your way into the to the lineup uh, win as you, throughout your college career. When did you become a regular player uh, in college? I was a, I was a regular player my freshman year, but I didn't start until um, I didn't start until my junior year. Uh, I was okay. a regular player my freshman and sophomore year, and then I began to, I start full time my junior and senior year. Oh, that's awesome. Well, what we're going to do, we're going to transition and talk a little bit. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about your transition from, from the college game to the pro game and how that, for you, uh, was another uh, a leap and another uh, situation where it was going to be more challenging. So hold tight. We've, we've got Jason Davis, and we want to talk a little bit about uh, your pro career once we come back. So hold tight. Looking for an inspirational read? Pick up a copy of Entrepreneur Within You, TEW3. Chapter 16 of TEW3 is an excerpt from Angelia's upcoming book, The Truth About Entrepreneurship, where she discusses topics such as how to get from dreaming to doing, award versus spend, supply diversity in America, bootstrapping 101, People will think you're crazy. Staying power. Networking is not relationship building and so much more. TEW3 is a national collection of well-regarded entrepreneurs who are trendsetters and visionaries who are passionately pursuing their dreams. Their desire is to empower, equip, and inspire others to do the same while sharing their stories and experiences. Get your copy today at www.i-coach360.com. Have you ever heard of a voiceover artist? People listen to them daily because companies use voiceovers to help show consumers a picture with their voices of the services or products, and they love them. Well, it can if you hire the professional voiceover services of Michael Dawson. It doesn't matter if it's a radio or television commercial an in-store announcement, a character for a video game, or some menu option for a phone system. When you need professionally recorded voiceover work done, 
Call Michael Dawson at 630-715-3378 or visit his website at www.michaeldawsonvo.com. That's Michael Dawson at 630-715-3378 or visit his website at www.michaeldawsonvo.com. And remember, words mean more than what is set down on paper. It takes the human voice to infuse them with shades of deeper meaning. Is your brand easily recognizable? Does your target market know exactly what you do? Innovative Concepts Unlimited helps small businesses promote their products and services, as well as showcase their stories of speakers and coaches. Our capabilities include cutting-edge media solutions, such as high-definition commercials, applications to keep you connected to your customers, and creative and graphic branding design. Get started today on the path to enhancing your brand. Call us at 708-516-0778 or visit our website at www.icunlimited.net. If you're looking for a dynamic speaker for your next event, book Angelia Hobson. Angelia Hobson is an entrepreneur, an entrepreneurial coach, trainer, small business advocate, chief strategist, business developer, facilitator, speaker, and author. Her ability to communicate to individuals in large groups and to connect on a personal level have been demonstrated through her many public speaking engagements. She's lectured, taught, and spoken to groups at institutions of higher learning, church conferences, healthcare events, and corporate conferences across the country on topics including entrepreneurship, leadership, sales and business development, marketing and branding, occupational safety, as well as applications of spiritual teachings to create your best life. Passionate and funny, Angelia tells her personal story of strength, determination, tenacity, and a pursuit of legacy. Notable listeners have referred to Angelia as authentic, engaging, and electrifying. Her visionary message has been appealing to broad audiences throughout the years. Book Angelia today for your next event by visiting www.angeliahopson.com or call 630-613-7360. Again, the site is www.angeliahopson.com or call her at 630-613-7360. IC3U, a premier virtual entrepreneurial university. Just like in sports, you need a great coach in the game of business. Enroll in IC3U for entrepreneurial skill and agility to play and win big. IC3U offers academically grounded curriculum coupled with practical application delivered to you globally and virtually. Our coaches are in the game with you from assessment to immersion. As you move through the program, you meet with core specific experts to work on your tailor-made roadmap to success. Participants receive accelerated learning, industry and client navigation skills, as well as a developed enhanced leadership capacity for sustainability. For your customized roadmap, send us a note at www 
www.i-code360.com or call us at 630-613-7360. You are listening to ESCN, an iCoach 360 production. To reach our live program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send questions or comments to ESCN at i-coach360.com. Now, back to the show. All right. Welcome back to ESCN. Thanks so much for joining us. We're going to jump right back into the conversation with Jason Davis. Jason, right before break, we, we talked a little bit about you in college and now you've worked your way into the starting lineup. You, you started having pretty good success uh, as a running back. Uh, when did you know, you know, transitioning from there that you were going to have an opportunity to play in the NFL? What was that like for you? Well, um, after my junior season, uh, we, I had a really solid season individually. Uh, as a team, we didn't do so well. Uh, so that 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 concluded in our whole staff being fired but in that season of uh, coming out going into my senior year I was ranked the number one fullback in the country the number one draftable fullback uh, by the Mel Kuyper and the, all the other sites all the other so-called experts uh, so when we got we got Ron Zook it was the it was the best thing for the university and our football program as a whole but it wasn't as beneficial to me because they didn't use a fullback and um, when he when he first when he first got to, to the university, I was one of the first meetings that he took. I was the captain of the team and everything like that. And I said, you know what, I, I you know, this is my senior year. I, I want to play, so if that means getting moved to linebacker, which, you know, which really wasn't true because I didn't want to hit nobody in that capacity. I didn't want to tackle <laughs> nobody. But we'll talk about that in my NFL career, why I want to tackle nobody. But um, <laughs> so um, – and he said he got fired up. He told me that he, he didn't have a fullback at Illinois. I mean, at Florida, just a walk on it. He's anxious to use a fullback in the system. Uh, and, and, and for the first game, it was solid. But after that, I didn't play a lot at all my senior year. So, you know, we, but we have a great relationship, Kozuk and I. He, I would sit in his office and he would tell me, like, Jason, you know what? We apologize, but we're going to get this thing together. You're always going to be a part of this program. He's like, you're not going to get drafted, but – the Eagles are going to sign you. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to sign you. I know that for a fact. They really like you. Uh, and that's when it, I went, when he told me that, because I trusted his opinion so much. He had been in the NFL, and he had never, you know, even despite not playing a lot, he never he never BS'd me at all. He never did that. So um, that's when I realized that I'm going to play at the next level, and, and I prepared myself mentally and physically to the best of my ability. Wow. So, so really, his style of offense didn't fit your game, and now you had to – to really not only uh, look from the sidelines, but you had to adjust your mindset when things weren't quite like uh, they were early on. Things are changing. How did you manage to keep, as a even as a captain, how did you manage to keep a positive attitude in, a, in an environment where things weren't quite going your way as individually? It really, it really, it tested my resolve a lot. But I, I got a lot of extra work, and we had a we had a hell of a training staff. We had a, we had a great strength coach. I spent a lot of time with him, um, and I just knew I was going to play again. I knew that I was going to play at the next level. I knew this wasn't, excuse me, the situation I wasn't in wasn't permanent. I believed him when he told me. You know, I would have it was almost like being recruited again. I would have NFL scouts call my phone. You know, uh, like the recruiting process coming out of high school. So I knew I was going to have the opportunity. I just had to stay ready mentally. I couldn't get us down. And I was coaching the younger guys. A lot of the younger guys that came up 
uh, I mean, Pierre Thomas and Richard Mendenhall and Marcus Mason. Those are all guys that were up under me looking for, as a captain. And we all and they all went to the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Walter Mendenhall. So we just got, you know, I just I just took another role on the team. And, and I and I did extra to, to, to prepare myself for the next level. So, Jason, hi, this is Ayanna. We, I see um, that in a lot of your transitions with uh, coaching transitions and going from being the strength and the number one fullback um, in the NCAA to just being a captain who was there for the rest of the team uh, while also being, you know, signed to the Philadelphia Eagles. How do you think that you were able to be strong in so many transitions and understand that, you know, change happens, but instead of being discouraged, you're more encouraged with what your future performance was going to be. How did you, you know, deal with that throughout your NFL career? Meaning anything was better than, than, than going back to 3816 St. Louis Avenue. I mean, <laughs> any, I mean, this is, it's not, it's, it's temporary. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I'm saying? Like anything was better. I mean, being in Champaign or Banner or being on the on IR, um, my rookie mm-hmm. year in Philly or being on the practice squad, that's better than, being at home doing the same thing that I was doing when I was 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. So, I mean, I, I was in a great position. It's, I was next. I was I was in a, even when in college, uh, you go to college, prepare yourself for your future. And my future job was going to be the NFL. I was right there. You know, even when I got to the NFL, I was right there. So all those things, is they, they make you stronger. They're, 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 you, they can be perceived as negative to some people, but I use them all as positives. Mm-hmm. I've seen. That's great. I, I've, I've just seen too much. Like I, mm-hmm. my friends and, and and family and even my brother. Like I just anything was better than than, than that existence. Anything was better than being uh, almost hopeless and, and the same thing every day. So I, I was. I always stayed positive in that. That's great. You know. Um, I mean, just the fact that you were able to stay strong and eventually got to play your first NFL game with the Oakland Raiders. You know, how did you feel when you stepped onto that field and then also transitioned to play for the Chicago Bears in such a huge market, being able to play at Soldier Field um, for those three games that you did play? So how did that feel for you, you know, once you got that chance and to you to show that you could stay strong? I mean, well, you did a little research, huh? You, <laughs> <laughs> you can't compare. Oh. Well, the, the Oakland situation was amazing. It's just staying. The Oakland situation was just staying true to self and, and being positive and never giving up. Because growing up, my favorite team was the Raiders. You couldn't tell me that I wasn't Doughboy from Boys in the Hood. All right, all right. <laughs> you couldn't tell me that. You know, right. that was who I was. That's you know. So you know, just and that happened in November second, which is actually my birthday, and okay, and, okay. and and you know. It was it was my ex-wife's birthday. It was my ex-wife's birthday the weekend before, and we had a bye week. And I remember, you know, we got back to get ready for the practice week, and I got a call from my agent and said, "Hey, the Raiders want to sign you off the Bears practice squad." And I was like, "I don't want to go. I didn't, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to change." But you got to trust the process. The Bears, Lovey didn't want to move me up. You know, I called Lovey. Hey, Lovey, the Raiders want me, but I want to stay here. Well, big guy, we we just don't have we don't have the roster spot, big guy. <laughs> um, we can't move you up right now. We'd love to keep you. So I knew, I had no choice to go, but to go and to play for, to meet Al Davis and, and, and to be a Raider for, for however brief and to, to, to grow up loving Bo Jackson and to wear 34 with my name on the back, it was an amazing um, experience. Uh, but it was it was short-lived. And to come back to Chicago on my first day back to practice, uh, uh, J-Mac gets hurt, Jason McKee gets hurt. 
and I'm thrusted into the starting role for the rest of, of the year. Um, so, yeah, it was three starts, but it was eight games the rest of the year, something like that. So uh, just coming just and it goes back to college, just never knowing when your opportunity will come, but, but being prepared because the offense didn't miss a beat. Uh, they couldn't miss a beat just because I'm in the game. We had to, you know, we had to just to, to, to continue to run our offense and, and keep our true to our philosophy. So uh, staying staying ready is just something that that I was used to from college, and it all prepared me. Well, yeah, you know, Jason, this is Diane. It, it, I'm listening to um, how you describe the transitions, but what's really sticking out with me, and in your answer with Ayana, uh, is your relationship to your coaches. It sounds like you took the initiative to be in communication with those decision makers, you know, and, and really evaluating the conversations you're having with them. And, and, you know, you know, even, even with your uh, discussion with Lovey Smith, um, you know, those are sound like those are really, really important pieces to how you craft your decisions in making these transitions, you know, talk a little bit about, um, how you gather information, if you will, in order to uh, build your plans. Because you talked about always writing down your goals. You know, how do you incorporate this information that you're getting from these leaders into that? I've been, I've just been extremely, whatever you want to call it, luck or blessed. So when 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 Ron, uh, when Ron was fired at Illinois, he took the offensive coordinator position with the Bears. So I knew at worst case scenario, I'll be a bear at some point. Okay, um, they they told me they were going to draft me in the in the um, sixth round or something like that, and they end up drafting uh, J D. Reynolds, Oklahoma. So you know, so we were all at my yeah. house watching, and right. I see his J D. come across the screen, and everybody's screaming. I'm thinking to myself, I'm screaming, but I'm like, wait, hold up, I didn't get a phone <laughs> call. Number one, and number right. two, nobody nobody calls me J D. But people right. know me, and then that's when you sure enough you see the Reynolds coming across. So. You know, I signed with the Eagles and everything like that. But having Ron there, after my second year with the Eagles, uh, I tore my ACL my first year. My second year, I was competing with Thomas Toupe for the starting job. And, you know, they put me on practice squad. Uh, and, the, you know, the, the year previous, um, Javon Kirst was hurt. Uh, this is how everything works out. Javon Kirst was hurt, pro bowler. Donovan McNabb was hurt, pro bowler, and myself. So I'm, I'm rehabbing with two, with two pro bowlers every day. Right, Every right. Day. So right. When, when the head coach gets down there to check on his his franchise players or the GM, I'm in there training with them too. You know, right. and, and so th- those are those are those are things they're seeing me work. They're seeing me train. Um, Donovan's giving me high praise. Javon's giving me high praise. So when I didn't get that starting job, I was um, I didn't want to be on practice squad. And when and JD Runnels for whatever reason, it's none of my business. wasn't working out of Chicago. Uh, the Bears called, so we got into a bidding war. With the Bears and the Eagles. Now the the Bear the Eagles didn't move me up to the active roster, to, but they paid me more than they paid their draft picks for that year to, to work three days a week. So I had a dialogue with with Ron and, and Lovey from the previous year. So when I came there the year after, it was it was almost a seamless transition because we already had a connection. And then it didn't hurt playing um, the Eagles. I think week three. And just eating lunch with Lovey all week, just breaking down the whole offense and being able to go on the board and and, and, and tell them about our tendencies and why we do what we do. So you know, you 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 have those opportunities to to, to go into those relationships with people, and you have to take advantage of it. And that's Absolutely. what I was able. I w- that's what I was able to do. I was able to you know to to, to not. I don't want to take advantage in, in in almost in in like a, a one sided way, but 
they want information from me. I want information from them and, and having a rapport and having an understanding. And I was able to do that throughout my career. That's why, I mean, I can I can get any of these coaches on the phone or any of these anybody I work for, work with, I can get on the phone easily because I'm, I'm, I'm the same guy every day and I'm always right, right. up with you. Right, right. And so so let me just say this really quickly. You know, you were in there working out with those guys, but you weren't just working out. They knew who you were and you were talking to them. Right. So like you're saying, building relationships, being connected. It's not just where you are. It's what you do wherever you are. Right. So so those those are the really important things there. And, and we, we let's not forget that the NFL and professional sports, for that matter, the NFL is a good old boy network. Let's not forget that. It's not about mm-hmm. what you know or what you can do all the time, but who you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, being able to, to have those relationships with people, you know, I, I, I play, I, I can count, you know, I probably played nine or 10 games my whole career starting, but I was able to last in the NFL for six years. Right. It's not in a position that's dead, in a position that, you know, I might as well be a dinosaur. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, a lot of it had to do with relationships and work, working your tail off. Don't I won't discount that, but relationships have to do a lot with that. You know, that's, uh, I think that's also true. I mean, just the relationships that we build along the way. We're going we're gonna to take a quick break right here, uh, Jason. When we come back, we're going to talk about, you know, you, that next step out of uh, NFL career into what you are up to and doing right now. So hold on a second. We'll be right back with uh, iCoach360. Looking for an inspirational read? Pick up a copy of Entrepreneur Within You, TEW3. Chapter 16 of TEW3 is an excerpt from Angelia's upcoming book, The Truth About Entrepreneurship, where she discusses topics such as how to get from dreaming to doing, award versus spend, supply diversity in America, bootstrapping 101, People will think you're crazy. Staying power. Networking is not relationship building and so much more. TEW3 is a national collection of well-regarded entrepreneurs who are trendsetters and visionaries who are passionately pursuing their dreams. Their desire is to empower, equip, and inspire others to do the same while sharing their stories and experiences. Get your copy today at www.i-coach360.com. IC3U, a premier virtual entrepreneurial university. Just like in sports, you need a great coach in the game of business. Enroll in IC3U for entrepreneurial skill and agility to play and win big. IC3U offers academically grounded curriculum coupled with practical application delivered to you globally and virtually. Our coaches are in the game with you. From assessment to immersion, as you move through the program, you meet with course-specific experts to work on your tailor-made roadmap to success. Participants receive accelerated learning, industry and client navigation skills, as well as a develop enhanced leadership capacity for sustainability. For your customized roadmap, Send us a note at www.i-coach360.com or call us at 630-613-7360. 
You are listening to ESCN, and I coach 360 production. To reach our live program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send questions or comments to ESCN at i-coach360.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we are back. Thank you for joining us here on ESCN, and we're going to jump right back into the conversation with Jason Davis. All right. Hey, Jason, we're back again. Um, You know, I just want to kind of get into how you were able to kind of transition out of your professional sports career um, and, you know, staying in Chicago and opening up, you know, your youth football camp in such a needed area. You know, what was that transition like in jumping into that, you know, in the city of Chicago? Um, it was extremely difficult. I don't, I don't, you know, it don't matter if you play 20 years like Brett Favre or, or two days. Uh, when you leave the game for the last time, it's a difficult transition. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I mean, I, I ended my career two years later. I, I, I was uh, I was in a divorce, so we, I was divorced from my wife. So it's really just, you know, in this city that I'm not from, just picking up the pieces. Um, but I knew that. I, I wanted to help St. Louis, and I, I do do a lot of camps in St. Louis. Often when I was playing, I would do a camp in Chicago and St. Louis. Uh, but I knew I wanted to stay here in Illinois. It's just more opportunity. It's just a better place for me. And, you know, just like in any other obstacles in my life, you, you pull yourself up and, you, you know, where can I best be, be used uh, appropriately? Where can, where can I best be used and where can, where, will I, where can I do? that will make me happy. I can I can work and help other people, but I can fulfill that need to be happy myself. And that's, you know, another relationship, you know, blocking for, for Forte shortly and just, you know, Matt Forte and just being a friend, uh, being a brother and, and, and just helping him with his foundation. Uh, we all know that we all have, we, we have our hearts in the right place, but sometimes you need that star power that he brings to, to reach the masses and just teaming up with him and humbling myself and, I have a saying that I tell myself, it doesn't, you know, it's amazing what you can accomplish when no one cares who gets the credit. Being a fullback, I don't, I I never got accolades. It wasn't something that I was for, but knowing that attaching myself and partnering up with Matt, we can reach so many children. We can do so many things. So that's pretty much been my passion. It took, um, I didn't go into it immediately. I wanted to uh, work for someone else and I took a job at a scrap metal yard here in Chicago, selling, uh, buying scrap metal. I knew that uh, if I was going to lead, it was natural to lead in sports, but if I was going to lead outside of sports and in the business world, I must, I had to learn how to follow first. So I took a job. I had to work with women as well. I know the NFL is a dominant, dominant male society, uh, uh, culture. So I, I needed to work around women in this office. I was one of the only guys uh, in the office and it was, it was a hell of an experience and I learned a lot. So I did that for one and a half, two years. And then, um, I approached Matt and said, I'm ready to help you in any way I can in the foundation. So that's how we got to where we are today. So it was that humbling process. You know, you talked a little bit about um, when you were in school, uh, talking about coming back. You, you, you had mentioned that it was a major transition to, to understand the impact of learning and that when you were out of school for a minute doing your uh, cooking uh, training <laughs> mm-hmm. at home, it gave you some time to reflect. It's right. called it's called it's called culinary it's called culinary prowess. <laughs> okay, culinary prowess. You are you are demonstrating the culinary arts in your kitchen at that time. But it, it as you discussed it, it was that time to kind of reflect. And when you look back on it, you said it's really important 
you know, to, to take those times to learn um, what could be done differently. Now you're talking about humbling yourself, coming out of the NFL, in addition to a professional professional transition. It sounds like you had a personal transition that was really uh, something to work through as well. And, you know, trying to determine what career options you have and what will it take to really learn, continue to explore, and uh, find out what you don't know. And so as you moved into working in the uh, scrap, me- scrap metal bit of a business, it sounded like you had to really think through what haven't you done, who haven't you worked with, and what is important for you to learn and to know in order to grow personally. Um, you know, what are some of the other personal uh, growth opportunities you found as you transition out of the NFL um, during that time? Well, uh, just doing things on your own. I mean, you go from high school, you're living with your parents. You go from to go to college, and they pretty much lay everything out for you. You're still baby. You go to the NFL. What they don't handle, I had an amazing wife that handled the rest. So being out on my own and that self-reflection, looking in the mirror and doing things on my own, like paying bills, uh, going to the grocery store, like things that I just never did. Like, and, and, like I'm a grown man and I can barely drive a car. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. No, right, right. That's right. real talk. Real talk. Real talk. Thank real God talk. for Uber. Right. You know, I don't, right. I don't, right. I don't, I don't know Uber. how to get health insurance. I don't know how to get car insurance. You know, where's the DMV? So just those things like that. So I had to really, when, um, unfortunately, when I was separated, I had to really grow up. And, and it was the first time, you know, you're sitting alone in your new place. And it's the first time I've ever lived alone. It was the first time I've ever been on my own. So oh, that's perspective. Uh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right, so right. that's that was the biggest reflection, uh, self-reflection that I've been dealing with the last three to four years. But, you know, you have to be comfortable with yourself. You you, you have to be your own best friend before you let anybody else in. And, and, that's right. And that's where uh, I am now. I'm very, very proud of who looks back at me at the mirror and, and and it's, it's giving me a, a level of confidence when I go out in this world. Because it's a lot of people. I don't, I self-educate. I, you know, the, the, the best thing about self-education is you pick your own curriculum. So I read everything and audio books and all of that. So, but I know, I I'm, I'm, I'm know that I don't have the same uh, piece of paper, education level of history in, in, in the academic fields as most people that I come in contact or do business with. But Everything that I learned in sports, looking someone in the eye, being on time for a meet, speaking very clearly when you're talking to the media and getting your point across. Um, those things have prepared me to have a, a certain advantage um, in the business world. Anything that doesn't have to do with numbers, I'm okay with. When they have to do with those numbers, I need help. I got to make a phone call. <laughs> well, but but getting help is okay, though, right? So getting, right. I mean, so, yeah, so and that's fine. So it's like knowing yourself, becoming comfortable with yourself understanding what your strengths are and then developing or building on those things that are maybe not so strong. So just because, right. right, So just because numbers right now are not the thing for you doesn't mean that you don't continue to learn, um, educate yourself or um, partner with someone who is more comfortable that you can trust. And so, you know, part of that growth piece is finding, you know, what is uh, seeking wise counsel, right? Is, Mm -hmm. is, a. Oh, so, you your, so you be in your book. You know your work. I, I'm in my book. <laughs> okay. um, so, but okay. so, all right. Yes, I, absolutely. All right. So, okay. so, but, but, uh, you know, we're joking, but it really is the truth in terms of this is real life, right? Knowing what you don't know, finding out, getting help, seeking advice, 
being coached, if you will, um, and building relationships. Those are really, really key things that help you through transitions. You know, also with that, you know, what would, what were the things, if you look back right now, Jason, and say, you know what, if I would have done this differently, I would have done what? What would have been different for you back then uh, that's, oh, that's, that's now? This one? Okay, we'll take one. I don't like having too many regrets, but I have this one, and I'll admit it. I'll admit it to you. So we're playing the Steelers. It's my first game starting with the Eagles, and uh, i never forget, we, we, we ran Jet Right Texas, which is an angle route for the fullback. Uh, Donovan throws me the ball, scored my first touchdown. I haven't been on, I haven't did anything all camp on the kickoff team. And they hey, Jason, get out there on kickoff. So I get out there on kickoff. I'm the last person down because what the coach told me, Coach Harbaugh. So anyway, he says, don't jump off sides. So that's, only, that's the only thing in my mind. I'm the last person down on the kickoff. They didn't return it for a touchdown or nothing. Um, nothing was said. The next day I get to, we had a day off. Then we come back. I, I have a note in my locker from my running back coach said, since you don't take special team series, you're no longer the starting fullback. You're fourth on oh. the depth chart. That's the. I just wish I would have ran down full speed and just did something. That's the only thing I regret. That's the wow. only thing I would go back and change. Right, right. But that's a good lesson, though, right, in terms of in all things, things that you may or may not be interested in, want to do, be motivated for and about. You know, it's like you, everywhere you go, put your all into it because you never know what that result will be. You never know what the outcome and the implication is. You never know who's looking. Right. right. And so right. just, you know, do the best that you can wherever you are. And, you know, that's for our young people, too, when they're in school and they're sitting in the classroom and they don't like math and, you know, all of those things with well, math isn't my thing. So I'm not going to I'm going to only do half of what I need to do. And, you know, all of those things, it's like do your best. Yeah, just do your best. You know, mm-hmm. I, um, I tell my young people all the time and they'll tell you that it might not be your thing, but just do the best you possibly can. And if you come out average in it. At least you know for yourself you've done your best. Right. And so you don't have those regrets, you know. And, and with that, also, Jason, so you, you get that note on your locker, and what happens then? Do you, do you see yourself getting less and less time, period, all over? Uh, then you saw yourself transition out of there because of that one bad move on your part? It was a few more. I mean, I didn't understand the business aspect at that point, but it was a little, we, we, it was a, it was a little more to it. Uh, okay. They were looking for a reason, and I gave them the reason. I mean, they drafted they, they traded for a tailback, and they drafted a tailback. They tried to turn one of the tailbacks into a fullback. You know how that thing goes. So, yeah. Right, right, right. But, but I gave them the, me not staying ready and me not putting my all to it, it put me in the situation. So I didn't have anyone to blame uh, but myself. But I definitely put myself in that situation. It was hard to overcome. But, I mean, I came to Chicago. I met some beautiful people, and I found a second home. And when, right. when, when, when the Eagles came to Chicago and Soldier Field, we kicked their ass. <laughs> Well, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> okay, we have about a minute left. And, and, you know, my last question to you is, you know, we talked about some regrets and things you would have done differently. Is there anything that you said, okay, if I would have known this now, aside from that, as far as you know, in business and so forth, any moves that you made that you say, I wish I would have done this a little different in your career yeah, beyond, mean, beyond football? Yeah, I mean, oh, beyond football. Yeah. Oh no, I don't. I don't. I, but I mean, nothing outside of football is really affected my life. Only, only. I mean, I mean, football was my first love. So I mean, that's right. the only only thing pertaining to football is really affecting my life. Now, as I've been away from the game, what seven years, six years, 
uh, I'm dealing with more life issues. Right. Uh, but you know, this is not the forum to talk about that. But no, no, not really any regrets outside of football. Okay. So then what do you... I'm sorry. Well, we, we got about uh, maybe 15 seconds left. But from the standpoint of, you know, as you move forward, you know, what is it that you have foremost on your mind about successful career? Oh, well, I mean, we, me and a former teammate of mine, uh, Kelvin Hayden, he also played with the Bears. We're, we're opening the juice bar uh, here in Chicago. We want to attack the food deserts, uh, get our kids eating a little healthier, uh, not so much oh. mystics and, 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 and juice all the time, uh, sugar-loaded sugar juice, but more natural things. That's that's on the forefront uh, on the entrepreneurial side and just uh, make, working with Matt and helping these babies, just being out for these kids and, and being a light and being an example for them. Great, great, great. Well, we definitely want to thank you, uh, Jason, for spending time with us today. Uh, how do we reach you if we want to get in touch with with what you're doing now? Uh, you can reach me at the uh, at Jason at Matt, what's your forte dot org is my email address. That's for the Matt Forte Foundation. Um, I answer emails all day long. I'll, I, I'll get back to anybody with any inquiries, any questions and how they can help and, and what programs we got going on. Uh, so really easy to reach at Jason at whatsyourforte.org. Okay. Good deal. Any other final questions from you, uh, Diane or Ayanna? Uh, no, I'll just be sure to email you at jason <laughs> at whatsyourforte.org. Thank you for talking to us, Jason. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Probably Jason. Guys. Have a great day. All right. All right, we're going to take a commercial break, and we'll be right back. Looking for an inspirational read? Pick up a copy of Entrepreneur Within You, TEW3. Chapter 16 of TEW3 is an excerpt from Angelia's upcoming book, The Truth About Entrepreneurship, where she discusses topics such as how to get from dreaming to doing, award versus spend, supply diversity in America, bootstrapping 101, people will think you're crazy, staying power, networking is not relationship building, and so much more. TEW3 is a national collection of well-regarded entrepreneurs who are trendsetters and visionaries who are passionately pursuing their dreams. Their desire is to empower, equip, and inspire others to do the same while sharing their stories and experiences. Get your copy today at www.i-coach360.com. IC3U, a premier virtual entrepreneurial university. Just like in sports, you need a great coach in the game of business. Enroll in IC3U for entrepreneurial skill and agility to play and win big. IC3U offers academically grounded curriculum coupled with practical application delivered to you globally and virtually. Our coaches are in the game with you from assessment to immersion. As you move through the program, you meet with course-specific experts to work on your tailor-made roadmap to success. Participants receive accelerated learning, industry and client navigation skills, as well as a developed enhanced leadership capacity for sustainability. For your customized roadmap, send us a note at www.i-coach360.com 
or call us at 630-613-7360. You are listening to ESCN, an iCoach 360 production. To reach our live program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send questions or comments to ESCN at i-coach360.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to ESCN. Wow, what a dynamic conversation with Jason Davis. Yes, yes, yes. Jason touched on a lot of things in terms of his transitions um, from one level to the next, uh, you know, that are really important in understanding the skill that it takes uh, to play on the field um, and how it relates to the skill that is required as you transition to career. And so what, um, you know, what I want to highlight is Jason talked about always writing down his goals. Um, That is really part of the strategic planning process. You know, what is my vision? What do I have in mind for myself? What does this business uh, look like? What um, types of things will I need? He always wrote down his goals. As we move from one aspect of planning uh, to another, whether it be strategic, operational, um, et cetera, it's really important to have documented uh, goals and and plans. Um, That really helps you focus on um, you know, your transition when it's needed um, and moving from activity to activity. Yeah, and I think Jason really spoke to me being a current college student and just showing that he can push himself even when things kind of go south. But realizing that with his background and where he came from, coming from St. Louis, um, you know, that's not a huge market for football, um, but it's also not the best play to be when you want to just grow up and be successful, whether that's in sports or whether that's a professional life. And just saying, you know, there, this is better than nothing, and this is better than you know going back home and going back to 36 St. Louis Avenue <laughs> in St. Louis, Missouri. And so I think he, Jason, was really speaking about being pushing himself to his limits and knowing that even if he can't start, he can still have the opportunity to be a captain, and he can still have the opportunity to speak to people like Donovan McNabb, you know, who's a pro bowler while he's injured, building connections, and now working with Matt Forte, obviously, who's a Pro Bowl um, running back with the Chicago Bears. So in that, and as well with him speaking to his youth, I think that he speaks a lot um, with me. And I I just, I saw a lot of, you know, um, personality and perspective coming out of Jason's conversation. I think it's great. Yeah, you know what, and also with that, that that I really appreciate in him is his brutal honesty. Mm -hmm. Uh, And even getting personal. Right. Uh, with things, you know, sometimes we, we wear a mask on things, and but we're not able to get by and pass certain things because we're not being honest with ourselves and so forth. So I really appreciated him being honest, uh, more detailed than maybe we wanted, but mm-hmm. still, I mean, that's honesty, and that's letting us know and the people know where he is and how he was able to move from point A to point B, being honest with his situation. So I, I really respect that in him as well. Yeah, and that honesty reflects real life, right? As we have setbacks and comebacks, right? We transition. You talked about having a setback in high school, um, him having to leave school and then having to come back and then decide what he's going to do. And then getting into college, recognizing that the whole um, coaching uh, staff and regi- regime at the University of Illinois at the time 
switched and changed. I mean, his position uh, as a fullback was not part of the, the new scheme, but he took a proactive stance, yep. went in and talked to the coach. Exactly. Now, that conversation didn't end. Uh, the conversation didn't change the situation he was in or ended up in in terms of being utilized on the field, but at least he had the conversation, right? And so then he moved into having conversations with people, you know, while he's in re- uh, rehabilitation for injuries. And those conversations and those, um, you know, he was on injury reserved and, and, and couldn't play much, but was rehabbing, you know, his ACL and those kinds of yeah. things. Well, as he's doing that, he's continuing to have conversations. As he's building relationships, we talked about networking and relationship building. He made sure that he was on the uh, right side in terms of communication with former coaches, special teams coaches, head coaches, and that. And that actually allowed him to stay in the NFL for a longer period of time than normal. So, the point um, here is you take experiences, um, as he states, shape who you are, making sure that the goals that you set for yourself, um, you work towards and come back from um, devastating injuries or situations that are out of your control. Transition equals learning is basically what I got out of that. Absolutely. So I think this has been a really great show. We want to thank Jason again for being with us. We want to wrap this up here. If you think you have a compelling story, please email us at escn at i-coach360.com. Thank you again for joining us and have a great week. Thank you for tuning into ESCN. Please join Michael Dawson, Angelia Hobson, and Diane Daniels for another edition next Saturday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Or catch a weekly rebroadcast on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about what iCoach360 can do for you and your business, visit i-coach360.com. Have a great week. <laughs>